Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are off and running in 2020. It's hard to believe. It's like 2019 came and went, and we are now in the midst of the month. It's, it's, it's getting there as we approach uh, an eclipse and a uh, full moon and all kinds of things that are going to send us into amazing astrological energies that have us feeling and have us expanding and sometimes questioning. So I think today's show is going to be a powerful one for everyone uh, because we are all sensitive. We may not be aware of it. Uh, We may be very conscious of it. And we are all different levels of empaths. And it is time for us to awaken into that, um, and specifically ones that have a deep calling from that empathic nature. So I'm looking forward to introducing you to my guest Reverend Stephanie Redfeather, and before I dive into that, I just want to mention that the January issue of 1111 Magazine is up, and it is beautiful, and it is featuring another six individuals that are doing amazing work in the world and expressing their gifts so that you can see how that is modeled, so that you can be inspired to dive into your own gifts and express them more fully, and so that you can tap into teachers and protocols and places that can support you on your journey. Uh, The features this month are Paul Selig, uh, who is an upcoming guest next week uh, on the radio show about his new book, Self-Realization. Sarah Bramford Seidelman, if you're not familiar with her, she does some amazing work in regard to signs and symbols that have to do with beasties and animals. Sandy Sedgbeer has launched a brand new spiritual book club, the No BS Book Club, which is exciting and definitely a new paradigm in uh, not only how we share information, but in commerce. And then some exciting features with Rebecca Campbell, Daniel Bruce Levin, and Danielle Noel. So definitely dive into that and partake of all of the beautiful gifts that come from them in addition to the sharings that I have in there to support you through prayers, intentions, uh, forgiveness pieces, emotions, and different things like that. And you can always find those archived issues for free at 1111mag.com. In addition, I want to mention that we have finally launched the very first of our teacher series on 1111 uh, Mastermind's online course platform. I had a mission for 2020 to support more teachers in getting their work out and sharing themselves and creating beautiful things along with allowing you to access courses and different teachings and things in a way that would be very supportive and economical for you as well. So the very first one is by Patrick Paul Garlinger and it is on forgiveness. It is extraordinary and I will share more with you about that course uh, in later in the show. For now, I want to get right into uh, today's show and the beautiful guest that I have here. Uh, If you are an empath, you may have been conscious of it or you may not have. Uh, You may have gone through life being labeled as emotional, fragile, unstable, or too sensitive. You might have been called dramatic or moody or weird. Uh, You might have felt things and been told that what you were feeling was incorrect or what you were thinking was not accurate based on what was going on. 
Stephanie Redfeather has experienced firsthand the challenges of being extremely sensitive to subtle energies and the emotions of others. So she knows that it can be overwhelming and cause an individual to lose themselves and doubt who they are. She's written an extraordinary book that not only dives into how to understand being an empath, how to engage in it in a more powerful and empowered way, but also what that means in today's world when we are uh, approaching things like patriarchy, where we are encountering systems that are creating tension and shifting at this time, and how we are to move out of our shadow masculine and shadow feminine into a more empowered way of being with masculine and feminine, both within ourselves and within the world. Reverend Stephanie Redfeather is the founder and director of Blue Star Temple, an ordained shamanic minister. She holds a bachelor's degree in applied mathematics and a master's and doctorate degree in shamanic studies from Venus Rising University. She's also a mesa carrier in the Pachacuti Mesa tradition of Peru, having studied with Don Oscar Miro Quesada and his lineage since 2005. Welcome, Stephanie, to 1111 Talk Radio. I am excited to dive right into your beautiful, amazing book. I am excited too, Simran. Thank you. Absolutely. I want to start first um, with the basic question because there may be a lot of individuals that are not real clear on what an empath is. So can you talk a little bit first from that standpoint of what that means to be an empath? Yeah, of course. And I I kind of start the conversation by saying, you know, the everyday working definition, if you will, the, the shorthand description is an empath is a highly sensitive person. But there's so much more to it than that. And when I sat down to write this book, my spirit guides gave me only one directive, and that was create a definition. And so in my book, I actually spend two chapters breaking down multiple aspects of what it is to be an empath, including uh, examples, you know, stories, if you will, from other clients and students and peers and such. And so I think it would be helpful, you know, one of the, the biggest chunks of this definition is what I call the five qualities of an empath. So I'm, I'm happy to go into those if, if we have the time to do that. Yes, absolutely. Let's um, let's let's dive into that. But before you do, you're saying that that empaths are people that are very sensitive. And so, does that mean everyone? Are they in all walks of life? Are they our politicians, our nurses, our mm-hmm. husbands, our wives, uh, our children? You know, is this something that is applicable to everyone, or is this particular people? Yeah, great question. It is absolutely applicable to everyone because I believe that each one of us is an empath when we're born. I believe that's our natural state as a human being. But you add on top of that uh, decisions we made at a soul level about our particular incarnation. You add uh, the influence of our upbringing and the messages we internalize from parents and society and then just our own personal human free will you know this this our sensitivities don't always remain intact if you will into adulthood and and throughout our life a lot of times they get cut off Um, we internalize messages that there's something wrong with us or it's not appropriate or that we told we're even told that we're a liar or we're making stuff up or 
whatever. And so we disconnect, a lot of people do, from that part of themselves. So in general, my tribe tends to be people that are more like massage therapists and energy healers and nurses and hospice workers and therapists and that sort of thing. But I was in the Air Force for 10 years, you know, so empaths are, uh, you know, in the military and banking and engineering and politics. They, they do exist everywhere, but a lot of times to be able to manage in those types of fields, uh, we have to cut ourselves off. So there's a lot of people who are empaths that don't recognize that they are. Okay, so this is not woo-woo. This isn't some kind of um, magic or or you know, airy-fairy or being a witch or any of that kind of thing. This is practical, everyday people Mm -hmm. that are in all kinds of environments, that are encountering all kinds of things, but they're either aware of their sensitivities or they're not. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, sometimes we cut ourselves off so completely that our personality even flips, and, you know, we, we start to deny these things or we make fun of it in other people or, you know, we're, we're incredibly uh, triggered by it. And, you know, I've had people I've worked with that have, you know, just that one thing happens in their life where, where no longer can they deny that part of themselves. And then it, it creates a, you know, a huge awakening, if you will. Perfect, perfect. Yes, please go ahead and go into the five qualities yeah. of an empath. Yes. And so uh, I do want to say that, uh, you know, in my book, I even mentioned this, that as a society, I know we like our cosmopolitan surveys, you know, and our answer these 10 questions and figure out, are you this or are you that? And I really tried to avoid that because my belief is that these five qualities I'm about to share, they all fall on a continuum. And so there's no number of questions you have to answer yes to that definitively mark you as an empath or not. You know, it's it's an intuitive feeling. It's an understanding. And there are some people who peg high on all of these qualities and, and some don't. And so it's not a an either or. It's a, it's a continuum. So the first quality is our ability to merge with and absorb the energy of other beings. And so that includes not just people, that's animals, anything with life force. And this stems from our very open personal energy field. And so this is also the quality that causes us to unconsciously take on other people's emotions and feelings and problems and also to struggle with boundaries. The second quality is that we have a highly sensitive nervous system. And, you know, as nervous systems go, that's kind of the point. But as empaths, it's like we got a two-for-one deal. And so this quality makes us very prone to overwhelm and overstimulation and uh, is is the part that requires extra vigilant self-care. Self-care for empaths is not a luxury. It is an absolute everyday must. The third quality is our great sensitivity to the energies around us and an ability to perceive or access subtle information stored in the energy field of all types of life forms. So what I mean by this is I believe everything is sentient, everything has a consciousness, everything is communicating, but it's not always obvious. It's it's in more of the subtle realms. There are multiple dimensions of, of consciousness and of communication. And so it, this is the quality that uh, makes us 
prone to, you know, seeing spirits or apparitions or angels or the dead, uh, people that can access the Akashic records, uh, people who are animal communicators, uh, the ability to just have wicked intuition or premonitions, um, you know, all of those sorts of things, paranormal experiences, etc. The fourth quality is the premium that we place on peace and harmony. And that is in our relationships, our environment, and our own energy field. And so, especially when we're not conscious of the fact that we're an empath, we tend to be people pleasers. We don't like to rock the boat. We'll do anything and everything we can to keep our relationships and our environment as stress-free and calm and harmonious as possible, which isn't always to our best interest because sometimes we need to advocate for ourselves or stand up or say no. The fifth quality is our big open hearts and a desire to serve others. And this makes us inclined towards uh, careers that I spoke about earlier. So, you know, the massage therapists and energy healers and those types of things. But it could be, um, you know, any number of things. And so, um, while that's a, a great quality to have, if we're not careful, it can cause us to over-give, over-deliver, put ourselves last on the list. So that, in a nutshell, are uh, the five qualities of an empath. Mm-hmm. You know, I it took me years to realize that I was an empath. I think I was 40 years old by the time I finally realized it. And and I, you know, so much of your story resonated with me because I think that is very often the story of many empaths. We are feeling so many things that we don't realize are not necessarily ours, and yet to some degree they are ours as well because we are all mirrors and everything in our world is connected in some way. So as you talk about these five distinct qualities of an empath, um, you know, I, I can't help but think about what people might be feeling right now in the midst of the climate that we're in with the things that are going on with, uh, whether you're looking at Australia and the fires, whether you're looking at, you know, what's going on between uh, our government and Iran to absorb the energy of other beings, to have that highly sensitive nervous system um, and that great sensitivity to the energies around us. There's, there's a lot of tension and anxiety and fear and um, disharmony and lack of peace in the environment. Yet I know everyone, ultimately, all they do want to do is serve others and have open hearts. So where does an empath fall in this place when there are these kinds of energies in the world and they're feeling these kinds of things? What do they do with that? Mm -hmm. There's not just one uh, answer that applies to everybody. Each person has to determine for themselves their own tolerances. You know, like for me, I stopped, you know, pretty much when I left the Air Force, I stopped watching the news. I stopped exposing myself to those things. I'm very selective about what feeds I um, expose myself to. And I'm very grateful that my husband um, is, you know, he likes politics and history and he knows where to go to find the truth about what's happening. So my husband is my news channel. (laughs) He tells me what's going on. And, you know, so that's one way that I manage, you know, so there's a managing of your exposure to those things. And then there's um, the question of, you know, because so often we we feel um, 
neutered, if you will, like, what can we do? This is bigger than me. I feel it so intensely. What can I do? And so the question becomes, what can you do that, that feels good to you, that satisfies that, that calling to contribute, but doesn't completely drain you and make you feel like your nervous system has a thousand razors cutting at it all the time because you're, you're exposing yourself to that world? You know, so I, um, my spirituality is kind of an eclectic mix, but I, I practice a Peruvian tradition of shamanism. And so sometimes my way of contributing is going to my altar and praying and just sending love and healing and energy to those people or parts of the country or those tragedies or whatever. So, you know, I could, I could go on with more, but it's, it's really about what do you need to do for yourself so that it doesn't level you. Mm-hmm. Empaths are all around us, and you are not alone. This is an energetic field, an intelligence available for you to connect with and benefit from. By actively stepping into this field, you have access to wisdom and consciousness of those who came before you. And by deliberately choosing to accept your role in the evolution of humanity, you can contribute your experience to the field, thereby making it easier for the ones coming after you to understand their place use their tools to thrive and fulfill their mission. This is from Reverend Stephanie Redfeather's book, The Evolutionary Empath, A Practical Guide for Heart-Centered Consciousness. And there are different checklists and exercises for you to deepen into not only the claiming of your empathic nature, but to understand what it is to mean that. In the first part of this book, it is about understanding that nature. And she really does a wonderful job in providing a a bird's eye view so that you can identify this larger framework and begin to locate yourself inside the bigger picture. Uh, As you move into part two of the book, she provides the Evolutionary Empath Toolkit which is the practice of being human and divine. You're going to get practical, rubber-meets-the-road explanations, skills, mindsets, exercises, and practices that will help you thrive in the world as an empath. And it will allow for a healthy dose of ideas, such as radical self-care and the release of unhealthy patriarchal and religious influences that challenge this current paradigm. There are also some other powerful chapters that go into the influence of that patriarchy and religion, as well as um, how to be more deeply embodied, which is such a, a strong pillar in the sacred work. Uh, of where we all need to be in the world. It is about holding the frequency of heart-centered consciousness, and we have to be in our bodies to be able to do that. Uh, It is a very practical, beautiful book that will allow you to not only see what being an empath is from your own experience, but through the eyes of others. You can find out more about Stephanie Redfeather at bluestartemple.org, and you will discover more of the things that she is doing there, as well as more about the book, The Evolutionary Empath, A Practical Guide for Heart-Centered Consciousness. We'll be right back after these messages. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444... 
People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome back to our show. We are featuring Reverend Stephanie Redfeather, who is the author of The Evolutionary Empath, and it already has been an engaging conversation, and we have so much more to dive into. But before we do, I do want to tell you a little bit about Patrick Paul Garlinger, who is a past guest on 1111 Talk Radio, as well as being featured in the magazine. And he experienced a dramatic spiritual awakening years ago. He has written some incredible books. Uh, His latest channel work, A World Without Identity, is truly beautiful and releasing this month. And um, just a beautiful soul that truly has done the work. He really understands what he teaches. And he has created for the 1111 Mastermind Community, which is available at 1111mag.com. He has created a course that is around forgiveness. It's the freedom of forgiveness, about releasing the past, embracing the present, and creating a joy-filled future. And now more than ever, ever, when we embody forgiveness, when we are willing to hold that vibration and that frequency and give that gift to ourselves, we free ourselves, we free others, we allow the world to shift. And so... What better way to begin 2020 and this new decade to make forgiveness more accessible to you and to those around you? So there's seven jam-packed modules. There's meditations. He's got some light activations. It's really a rich course. 
for $47. You can't get more content than what he has provided. So I invite you to give this as a gift to yourself to begin 2020 with. Um, Again, you can go to the 1111mag.com website and click on courses and you will see his course sitting there. My guest today is Reverend Stephanie Redfeather, and she has done some amazing work herself. You can tell just by the content of this book once you read it. In the world of personal transformation, nothing happens without conscious acknowledgement of what is. You cannot change a behavior, a belief, a quality, or a pattern without first being aware of its existence. And when we are unaware of what drives these reactions, motivations, and decisions, People feel like victims. They feel powerless, like someone else is at the helm of the ship. However, once a pattern, belief, or behavior is in the realm of conscious awareness, it is no longer operating from the shadows. You can then identify, acknowledge, and begin to examine it, bring it out of the subconscious and into the light of consciousness, and it restores your power of choice. This represents a critical turning point, because once you are aware of a particular quality and how it drives your life experience and decisions, you can then recognize when it is at work in your psyche and in your life and make a choice in each moment about how you want to respond. This is some of the material from Stephanie's book, The Evolutionary Empath. Welcome back, Stephanie. Uh, I'm thrilled to dive into a little bit more of your book. And so often um, that work of personal transformation is something that can be very deep. It, it does require us going into the shadows, being very aware and acknowledging of what is and where our reactions are. Um, I love how you start off the book. Your first chapter is titled, You're Not Crazy, But You're Not Normal Either. And that just so <laughs> describes the schizophrenia that we all hold. <laughs> so I can't think of a better place to, um, to dive into right now because sometimes, you know, life can feel that crazy. And we live in a world right now where we have a choice to either live from a very authentic place or we stand on the sidelines complicit to what's going on outside of us as well as inside of us. Talk a little bit about from authenticity to complicity. Mm-hmm. Well, especially when, when we have this open energy field, when we have this natural ability to connect with, and not just connect, but blend and merge with another person, that, that's kind of our superpower. <laughs> You know, compassion is easy for us. Identifying with another person's experience is easy for us. But the corollary to that is we tend to not know who we are. And it is challenging for us to stay centered in our own sovereign space and to know who we authentically are because we are so other-oriented. It is, uh, you know, and in the unconscious years, meaning when we don't know we're an empath, A lot of us have very codependent relationships where we drop our anchor inside another person and live our life from there and kind of vacate our own sovereign field. And so, you know, we become people pleasers, we become caretakers, we become doormats, you know, whatever your particular flavor is, um, it is very difficult to live an authentic life when we don't even know who we are. We don't know what we like. We don't know what our own values are. We don't even know our own personality. I I know people who absorb the personality of the person that they're with. And so 
I, I can kind of track in my own childhood my authentic expression of self just getting expunged as, uh, you know, in particular the influence of my stepmother uh, and then just society and expectations of school and what I was told makes you successful and just all of those things you learn. And I, uh, by the time I became an adult, uh, my empathic, expressive, creative, authentic self was uh, well-caged. I think that that's probably the case for many people. And a hundred years ago, we, we probably didn't have empaths or recognize them as easily because it had been a harder society. Um, they really are more of an anomaly, I would say, in our Western culture. And your book title, The Evolutionary Empath, it, it somewhat states that this is something new that is emerging um, in a way. And in the very beginning of the book, you write a bit about it being a new part of the morphic field. Talk a little bit about that and, and how this is an emergence that is taking place, not only as individuals coming into awareness, but as a realm of consciousness that is awakening. Yeah, absolutely. We, as, as a planet, as a species, we are in a phase of ascension. And there's, there's one chapter in my book that's very different from the others. Um, I do have a math degree. I do have a, a geeky side. And so I talk, it's a little more scientific, where I talk about the, the cycle of the great year, which is a 24,000-year cycle. Some people say it's 26,000. There's a reason for the discrepancy, so whatever model you subscribe to is fine. But basically in that 24,000-year cycle, we're ascending in consciousness for half of that time, descending in consciousness for the other half of that time. And so, you know, one of the things that happens as we descend in consciousness is we start to doubt all of the things we used to know, all of the sacred knowledge Uh, becomes threatening, we don't understand it, so we burn libraries and we, uh, you know, lose all of this information. And so there are several cultures that have still maintained the records of this cycle, but again, they, they don't necessarily all agree on the precise date, but in general they do agree that we have turned the corner, if you will, that we are we are out of the darkest age of our ignorance and in the upswing of ascending consciousness and raising in vibration. And so what I believe is that as empaths, we are here because it's finally time for us. We come into the planet with a slightly refined energetic physiology with um, refined sensitivities I like to think that we are where humanity is headed and that in some number of thousands of years, empath won't even be a thing. It'll just be synonymous with human. But you're, you know, you're right. It, it, what I talk about in the book is that even 100 or 200 years ago, there were not many empaths on the planet because vibrationally, we just couldn't sustain. It, it was too difficult. It was too challenging. And so collectively, all of us who are on the planet right now, and those who have incarnated in the last hundred years, we are collectively the empathic Big Bang. And in the movie Moneyball, there's a quote that says, the first guy through the wall always gets bloodied. And so we are 
the stalwart, courageous souls that collectively are the first ones through the wall getting bloodied, paving the way for all of those coming behind us, you know, and choosing to incarnate into to times where we are an anomaly, where we had parents who didn't understand us or didn't recognize our qualities, didn't know how to mentor us. And we had to run around and bump into walls, you know, in the way I describe it for myself, running into walls, cussing at God, you know, like gnashing of teeth, just this excruciating period of trying to figure it out because there aren't many people in our world that can identify and understand what we are. But yet here we are energetically kind of locking arms and creating this collective frequency and connecting to the morphic field of the empath, this living field of intelligence um, that surrounds our our planet and exists in the cosmos. Mm -hmm. And as we, especially for for empaths that are becoming more aware of how uniquely different they are particularly from their families, I often find that, that many times an empath comes from a family that is not feeling or not aware. Uh, they often look for new families. And, and it can be uh, a process of a lot of letting go. It can be a process of a lot of shift and change. And on one hand, we constantly say, you know, we were born for these times. It's no better time to ever live. This is the moment we've been waiting for. But that too can be a double-edged sword because that means we have to be willing to let go of identity. We have to be willing to embrace the shadow. We have to be willing to be uh, bold and clear and authentic uh, in a way in a world sometimes that wants to see us differently than we are. Talk mm-hmm. a little bit about you know that process of, of where where we do look hard for the new families and why that is um, that those communities develop around us when we are willing to let go. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, my belief is that when we're in spirit form, we are making decisions about the incarnation we're about to come into. You know, who who are going to be our parents and brothers and sisters and what are the major movements? Uh, what are the things we want to experience? Uh, what are the karmic pieces that we want to resolve? What are the new pieces we want to explore? And so I believe that that all of that happens for a reason. And then you come into the life. And and as I spoke of before, we have uh, human free will. So things don't necessarily go how we envision them in spirit form because, you know, we, we have a choice about what we want to engage with or work through or not. And so for many of us, we chose life experiences that were particularly challenging and for many people, they're unable to come to resolution or to a harmonious place with their parents. So many empaths and sensitives are the black sheep. And, you know, uh, something that was posed to me a number of years ago that blew my mind that I now post to other people is, instead of your parents being here to teach you, maybe you are here to teach them. And so, so it's, it's a two-way street. So in our families, we are often the black sheep because we are there to, to break a paradigm, to, to shake up a pattern that, that is no longer serving. And, you know, that's going to create chaos. And sometimes that, that creates, uh, you know, being abandoned or ostracized or kicked out of the family or misunderstood or, you know, any number of things. And so, 
you know, we we have our blood family, but at some point we have to make the decision of it, it's a trade-off. Yes, I love my family. I'm not getting along with them. They don't understand me. How much energy and effort do I want to put into continuing to um, engage with them or or to try to have a more harmonious relationship? And then at what point do I have to just accept that they are who they are, that they are where they are in consciousness, that I can't change them. I can choose to love them as they are or not. And if I'm not being fulfilled by those relationships, then I'm I'm going to go seek them elsewhere, you know, and that could be in spiritual communities, like, you know, like-minded communities. We find other members of our soul family, our soul tribe. Um, and that, that doesn't mean that we're disloyal, uh, it just means, you know, at some point we have to come to that decision point of I'm tired of feeling like I'm the only one. <laughs> I need support. We all need support um, from from people who understand us. And, and I don't mean seeking out people who aren't going to challenge us, you know, like just seeking people who are going to make life easy for us and we can continue with our you know, unhealthy patterns and nobody's going to call us on our crap. I don't mean that, <laughs> you know, but, but to, to seek out people who, who have similar experiences, that's, that's natural. We need that emotional and physical support in our lives. Mm. Your first step as an empath will be to love, accept, embrace, and nurture yourself. And these are not coincidentally feminine qualities. As the old structures in your mind, thought processes, and belief systems crumble, so too will the greater societal structures of the patriarchy that uphold separateness, inequality, suppression, intolerance, prejudice, rivalry, and domination. The patriarchy is falling, and we are being asked by our souls to rise in consciousness, reclaim the divine feminine, and live from the heart. This is just the fertile ground needed for the new human empath blueprint to take root and to grow. Stephanie Redfeather is the founder and director of Blue Star Temple. She's an ordained shamanic minister, and she has many courses, uh, coaching uh, and healing services, ministerial services, breath work, uh, and all kinds of workshops and things available on her website at bluestartemple.org. You can find out more about her book uh, along with an activation manual that allows you to step into your cosmic mission and embrace your empathic gifts uh, as an evolutionary empath. She explains not only that there are now more empaths than ever, but that this surge in numbers is no coincidence. With the dawning of the age of Aquarius, empaths represent the new human blueprint. They are the way showers for the next step in human evolution, and they have a cosmic mission to usher in a higher level of human consciousness centered in the heart chakra. Stephanie also explains the impending reactivation of dormant levels of consciousness and cosmic memory, which will upgrade your human operating system to function at a higher frequency. This shift is already acutely felt by empaths and will allow you to reclaim the lost powers of your ancestors. Uh, the Evolutionary Empath is a hands-on guide, including eight accompanying audio tracks, which she provides empaths the tools they need to empower themselves and embrace their essential role in the next step of humanity's evolution and the ascension into the frequency of heart-centered consciousness. You can find out more again about Stephanie Redfeather at bluestartemple.org. We'll be right back after these messages. 
want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Reverend Stephanie Redfeather, in her book, The Evolutionary Empath, says that the straight and narrow path has led us astray. Certainly, there are abbreviated times in our life when circumstances ask us to buckle down, make a few sacrifices, put others' needs before our own, and get it done. But this isn't meant to be a life philosophy. The patriarchal promise of work hard and get your reward in the end just doesn't play out with the amount of sustainability. And the old subservient feminine duty isn't so much about service to others as it is about sacrifice of self. There seem to be a multitude of false assumptions circulating in our societal code of conduct as though they were gospel. And these are things like the harder you work, the more you're admired, the farther you'll get. Or the more you sacrifice and give of yourself and put others first, the more it means that you care. You cannot get ahead or prosper unless you make great sacrifices. Life is a trade-off. You can be rich or you can have balance, but not both. If you care for yourself, ask for what you need, draw boundaries, or say no, you're selfish and self-centered, and God will certainly be displeased with you. Are any of these lurking in your belief system, value, or behaviors? 
You may not realize it, but all of these views set us up for bitterness, disappointment, and resentment. Um, very powerful chapter, that chapter 11. And I'd love to dive into a little bit about masculine and feminine and patriarchy in the, the short time that we have left. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk a little bit about the unhealthy masculine and how it overexpresses and the unhealthy feminine and how it underexpresses. And I think right now so many of the conversations are about, oh, it's all about the divine feminine. But but there is also a divine masculine that we need to dive into as well. Can you talk a little bit about that unhealthy side and then what it means to really move into a balance of not just the divine feminine, but the divine masculine and the divine feminine? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I will I will <clears throat> preface it by saying this is, this is wisdom that is founded in the experience of my life. This is not just head knowledge. This is stuff that I have lived because I was very much in my feminine energies. I was a creative, intuitive child. I went to a creative and performing arts school. And then you fast forward a few years and I got a math degree and went into the Air Force. So clearly <laughs> there's some shifting that happened in my own internal masculine and feminine And then when my spiritual awakening began, a big chunk of it was about bringing the feminine back, but not, I mean, the focus was on the feminine because I had locked her away for so long, but really the end result is walking in balance in conscious equal partnership with both the masculine and feminine. And so to kind of understand these qualities, I'm going to, you know, characterize them just a little bit. So the left brain is roughly synonymous with the masculine. The left brain qualities, the masculine qualities are very similar. So so very direct, uh, very linear, practical, logical. The masculine principle, if you had to boil it down, is about action. It's about doing this. If you flip then to the other side, the right brain is synonymous with the feminine side. And so those qualities are more about fluidity, intuition, creativity, being spatial as opposed to linear. If you boil down the essence of the feminine, it's really about the receiving principle or the beingness. And so if you, and and there's so much more in the book, I go into much greater detail of, of those qualities. But if you essentially hold each of those one is not better than the other they're completely different sets of qualities but living in a patriarchal society the patriarchy naturally elevates all things masculine not necessarily all things men or male but the masculine principle the masculine qualities the masculine values and then that gets projected onto men and so men become more valued, if you will. The balance, um, you know, goes out of whack. And so because the masculine principle is about doing, when it is unhealthy, when it is unbalanced, it tends to overexpress and do too much. And so, you know, an example could be the quality of assertiveness. Assertiveness in and of itself is not bad or good. It, it just is. But if you crank up the volume to 10, assertiveness can become aggression, it can become dominance, it can become violence, you know. So all of these masculine qualities, when turned up and and cranked to their extreme, become a lot of what we're seeing today. It's like the masculine is kind of running amok. And and again, the masculine energy is not men, 
you know, because there are certainly women who have very masculine qualities. I was one of them <laughs> because I absorbed all of the messages from society that all things masculine are valued and elevated. <clears throat> and so if you look at the feminine side of the house, the feminine quality, that if you distill it down, is about beingness or receptivity. And so when that gets cranked up to an unhealthy expression, it's usually more about an implosion as opposed to an explosion. So it's like we collapse on ourselves. We become timid. We become uh, a victim. We don't stand up for ourselves. We, we just collapse in on ourselves. And so there's been so much focus on the feminine because we've needed it to balance the overexpressed masculine. But really, that's not the end point. It is, it is the, kind of the first step in restoring balance. And so the return of the divine feminine is not about the pendulum swinging wildly to the other side where now all things masculine are vilified and, you know, women are standing there with their foot, you know, on the backs of the, the, the man squished under them and holding their spear in victory. That's that's not what we're headed towards. The, the elevated version of this is the masculine and feminine walking together in conscious equal partnership and that starts within for each one of us to look inside at the relationship of our own inner masculine and feminine the inner sacred marriage if you will and you know there's that's a whole nother conversation a whole nother interview of, of how that process works but the end result is where the masculine and feminine value each other. They honor each other. They listen to each other and they walk together in equality. Well, and I think that's such a powerful conversation because so often I think where women can go unconscious is to realize the degree of aggression that we go to, mm-hmm. the overwork that we do, um, the part that we play in contributing to the shadow masculine energies that are on the planet. And in the same way, men don't always show up in the way that they can to balance out the feminine energy. So I'm really grateful for how you bring that uh, into the realm of consciousness and, um, and share those messages within your book. Um, Since we've only got a little bit of time left, I want to, Uh, allow individuals to understand that through the book, there are also ways to support yourself as an empath in terms of uh, a toolkit, how to practice being human and divine, and that there are certain things that they can do to manage their energy and stay clear and um, stay in a place that is more of that authenticity rather than complicity. Can you talk a little bit about some of the toolkit or a couple of simple things that individuals that are discovering their empathic nature can do? Yeah, of course. Um, You know, something that you may or may not know about me, but, you know, in my workshops, in my writing, one of the gifts I feel that I bring to the world is context. And so the first half of the book is that bigger picture But I'm always going to bring it down to the practical level of how to make this work in the rubber meets the road, everyday, 3D life. And so, yes, we we have this cosmic mission and there's all this bigger picture stuff. But then there's the real world, everyday, um, living our life as a spiritual being 
having a human experience. And so the two biggest things that I focus on are basically your, your energy field and boundaries. You know, so good energy hygiene, clearing yourself, managing your energy field and being responsible for what you allow in. And so a very simple exercise is to simply use the breath. You know, first of all, you have to become aware that you are an energetic being. So that might be the first step is getting in touch with your edges or your your container or your boundary, however you describe it. But then doing the practices to clear your field to, you know, it's like dusting your house. You know, the dust just accumulates. It's a product of, you know, dead skin cells and animal dander and, you know, fibers and whatever we, we have to clean. And so energetically, we have to do the same thing. And if we consciously breathe and imagine, you know, taking in a nice deep breath coming in from the earth, up our feet, up our entire body and chakra system, up to the top of our heads, and then exhaling very deliberately. And you can even visualize along with it, like angels brushing you with wings or standing under a waterfall or, you know, something where as you exhale and and move that down your body and out your feet, you're releasing the energetic dross into the earth. So that's a very simple practice that I use daily. The, the other aspect is boundaries. And by boundaries, you know, I, I break that down into saying no, asking for what we need, speaking our truth. So there's, there's multiple aspects to it. But I spoke before about how easy it is for us to blend and merge with others, which means we've completely <laughs> blown past our own boundary, um, not even recognizing that we have one. And so part of reestablishing our authentic self coming back into our center, connecting with our core is recognizing that in the human level, we are distinct from one another. And that can be confounding because a part of us knows or remembers what it's like in spirit form where the idea of boundaries or, or how we engage or communicate with each other is very different. The, the concept of space-time is very different. But down here... One of the chapters of the book is titled, You and I are one, but we are not the same. And so it's okay that, that I am different from you. And so figuring out where you end and the next person begins is a very important um, tool to be able to listen to yourself, stay in your authentic center, and then be able to wield your power in saying no and asking for what you need, advocating for yourself, etc. Mm, Thank you, Stephanie. One of our greatest spiritual challenges is to fully live a human life. Being embodied and staying embodied takes immense courage. This earth school is a unique opportunity for us to navigate and experience the full spectrum of human design. Transcendent spiritual practices are part of this experience, but Stephanie Redfeather thinks too much emphasis has been placed on them, while not enough has been placed on the balance. One of our missions as humans is to weave the polarities of spirit and matter, mind and body, masculine and feminine, heaven and earth. This is what she means by saying that we are the bridge, a conduit between spirit and matter. We are at the point in our evolution where we are ready to take the leap from duality consciousness to unity consciousness. It's not about one or the other. It's about both. Can you hold the space inside of yourself for the resolution of opposites? 
This is from Reverend Stephanie Redfeather's book, The Evolutionary Empath, A Practical Guide for Heart-Centered Consciousness. I invite you to check her out at her website, bluestartemple.org, to pick up a copy of your book and learn some of the beautiful tools that she has in here, along with engaging a more embodied authentic experience of being an evolutionary empath. My guest next week is Paul Selig, and we're going to talk about his great new book, Realization. I look forward to you joining me. Until next time, in love, of love, with love and as love, I am Simran. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality. Your heart to greater compassion and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.